So I have uh, been in England for a couple of days this week, um, speaking at the Baptist Mission Society Conference Catalyst Live, and most of what you hear is the commentary of those who speak, Vinath Ram- Ramarath, uh, what's his name, um, Ifes, those Ifes folk will know how to pronounce Sri Lankan name. Samuel Escobar, who I used constantly during my master's dissertation, who went to Lausanne and challenged John Stott and the like to go deeper with social justice and probably changed uh, where our church is today as a result, and various other people. And I was there as a poet, which I really is down at the bottom of my list of things that I do. Um, and yet, I'll be honest with you, of the nine books that I've now thrown out there among you, there might be a good one in it. So maybe in the new year I'll find that I am a poet, but I was certainly insecure and feeling inferior and outside my, um, my comfort zone, but it was a thrill. And then who would have guessed it? Uh, I was asked to do a poetry reading at last night's C.S. Lewis Festival. What is going on with the world? Anyway, I say that to lead into the first... Um, the introduction, which is one of the poems I used this week, and I told a story, and some of those who are in the story are alive and well with us today. I'm sure I've shared this before, but it leads us perfectly um, into this morning's uh, reading that, um, that David has read. I, I was in Dublin under the authority of one Ros Sterling, and the youth board had got me um, an office in uh, uh, Ormond Key and Scott's Abbey Church um, on Abbey Street, Noor Abbey Street in Dublin. And um, I would write beside O'Connell Street, so you would have access to all kinds of interesting places for your coffees and for lunch, etc. And I'd met this young cub of a student, Chris Fry, who sits amongst us now, uh, 23 years later. I was living with uh, uh, Dave Adams, who's on my... This is, this is surreal almost this morning, um, to my right. And um, this particular day we were going out for lunch, Chris and I, and Paddy was on the door, and Paddy was signing in the aerobics class that met in the church hall, and I would have a con- conversation with Paddy, but this day as we're going out, Paddy says to Chris and I as we're leaving, out into the flowing tide, lads, out into the flowing tide. We thought Paddy's gone philosophical. Into the flowing tide of Dublin, Connell Street and all these people. And we went out and kind of sort of laughed to ourselves, but thought maybe we've got Paddy wrong, maybe Paddy is a bit of a philosopher. And so out we went and Chris was doing, a, in fact I should have had you sing it Chris this morning, um, Chris was doing a bit of songwriting at the time and he thought, oh, I thought I was doing a bit of this rhyming stuff, this poetry, and we thought, hey let's go away with that idea of Paddy's. So about a week later we're heading north for something in Northern Ireland, we're in a car and we start to talk about how we're doing with our uh, uh, flowing tide poem. And uh, the guy in the front seat says, oh, the pub across the road from you. And I went, sorry. He says, the pub across the road from your office. I went, what? He says, it's the pub. Everybody from the Abbey Theatre goes to the flowing tide after a play. Paddy wasn't being philosophical at all, folks. He just assumed that two characters like Chris Fry and I were heading into the flowing tide. However, I see the dark, but where is the light? Shining in the day, away from the night. I hear the sick, but where are the well? Too close to heaven and too far from hell. We gotta climb out of these trenches where we sit in comfort and condemn. We're not called to be their judged, we are called to go and love them. There, where evil fights the good. There, where no one believes. There, where the city gambles. There, among the thieves. 
There where innocent blood is spilled. There where love violently dies. Out there where the world is changed. In the flowing tide. I hear the cries. But where is the shoulder? Warming the heat as the cold is getting colder. I see the lonely. But where is the love? Too busy to care with those who have enough. We must grab apathy by the throat. Shove respectable against the wall. Open our doors to a dirty world and hear their broken hearts call. There where evil fights the good. There where no one believes. There where the city gambles. There among the thieves. There where innocent blood is spilled. There where love violently dies. Out there where the world is changed. In the flowing tide. Jesus has been in the flowing tide as we followed him along this journey towards Jerusalem. We spent a few Sundays with him in Jerusalem. It's been getting hostile. The religious leaders are challenging him at every possible place they can. And suddenly in today's reading, as David has read it to us, we find that the hostility has got to the point where they're going to hammer Jesus and put him on a cross. And they mock him and they ridicule him and they beat him physically and try to reach him psychologically, spiritually, and prophetically as they try to get him to find an identity that seems to be what they think his identity is, but what is not the identity of this God who has come to us into the flowing tide. It's interesting, some of the stuff going on here. Above him, the king of the Jews, Pilate puts, And Herod Antipas would have been a bit annoyed about that because he wanted to be the king of the Jews. And as well as a mockery to him to say, you're not the king of the Jews, here's the king of the Jews. What he said to Herod is, if you step out of line, you could be like the king of the Jews and on a cross as well. There was this authoritarian Roman oppression coming down and there were all the fault lines between Judaism and what Jesus was trying to do among them. And I couldn't help, I couldn't help go back in this story. For some reason, this story took me back today to Christmas, to the Advent. Now you know that um, I particularly love the Incarnation. In fact, this week in Birmingham, I uh, quoted my favorite Birmingham theologian and said, I wish it could be Christmas every day, which is, of course, is the big wizard song at Christmas time. Some poor Baptist guy in the congregation thought it was Slade and tweeted that I'd got the town wrong that the, the writer was from. Oh no, he'd got the song wrong. Don't mess with Stockman's nerdish knowledge of music. But I do, I wish it was incarnation every week. I wish we could sing Christmas carols, well at least the good ones in the middle of July, because we shouldn't hide away the Advent to Advent any more than here we are singing songs about the cross and Easter in November, but nobody flinched. Now I don't want Christmas trees up before December. I don't want to see Santa before December. I will have mince pies in August though. But I don't want all the other razzmatazz, but I do want incarnation for all the year round. And so as I looked at this passage this week, I couldn't find, I couldn't help but getting myself back to what will change from the cross to the crib in the next couple of weeks in front of you. As we take the cross down for a season, we put the crib up, and as we start to look at Advent, we're going to be amazed that we see God as a baby in a manger. It's an unbelievable image 
The God that created the universe, the holy God, in a manger of straw as a vulnerable baby. But what more today? God on a cross? Where the cursed, those on the tree are the cursed? This is a strange place to find God. Like Christmas, like Advent, in Lent and Easter we find God in a very strange place. The other thing that happens in both stories is Herod's there in the story, isn't he? In both stories. Now we know Pilate's the one who technically puts him on the cross, but Herod was behind it. And that had been happening for the 33 years, had it not. Because as soon as the baby's born, Herod checks the scriptures. Herod finds out that the scriptures are true. Herod finds out the place the Messiah is going to be born. He's the only one in the whole story that has the truth. And he goes to try and kill the Messiah, which he's watching happen before him right now. The politics of the world shuddered when the baby was born. The thrones around him wanted to get him killed. And so here in an outlay of the Roman Empire, thrones and political powers are involved in this story of God on earth. But it's not just political. This is personal. And just as I always say at Advent, the shepherds, the dirty, bogging, balamina, culture shepherds, walked right into the most holy of holies to kneel before a baby in straw. So we find in this particular reading, this end of the gospel story, that it's a criminal who is going to walk into paradise with the Messiah. It's a criminal. And it's personal. Today you will be with me in paradise. Here on the cross, Jesus is still being missional. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What kind of grace is that? What kind of otherworldly grace is that? And you, today, you will be with me in paradise. No chance for him to get himself sorted out and go off the cigarettes and the drink and stop the gambling and, and do all the things that sometimes we have to do. No time for that. Just by grace, Jesus is reaching out from the very cross, missionally, to those who are broken in order to save. This week, um, there were many, many powerful addresses at, at this uh, Catalyst conference. It's an interesting way they do it. You start at 9.10, and you have a speaker for 25 minutes, and another speaker for 25 minutes, and another speaker for 20 minutes. Then you have a coffee break, and you have another speaker for... And they're all different speakers from all around the world. And you don't get that, which, forgive me, I really don't like at conferences, where you're, you're there to hear somebody incredible. And you get 20 minutes of them, and then we break into groups where people get 40 minutes of my ignorance, and then we bring it all back together again. I'm not interested in sharing with the people who don't know. I really want to hear what has the expert got to say. And so that's what you got at this conference, but it was nine to five, and it was full on, but everybody that spoke had something powerful to say. And not speaking in Birmingham, but leading us off in Reading was uh, Sam Wells, who's the vicar of St. Martin of the Fields, and he was really quite challenging. And it comes back to this Christmas idea that I've got to, but let me tell you where he brought us in. He brought us into a film that I actually haven't seen, The English Patient. I'm sure many of you have seen The English Patient. But he tells us, if you're like me and you're not sure of the story, very quick, set in the Sahara, an affair begins between Almasy and Catherine. Catherine's husband, Jeffrey, finds out and attempts a murder-suicide by deliberately crashing his plane with them in it into Almasy. Not only misses Almasy, Jeffrey is killed instantly, but Catherine is seriously injured. So the husband is dead. Catherine, the one that Almazy loves, is seriously injured. And what does he do? He carries her into a cave 
And then he leaves her and goes for a three-day trip to try and find supplies and help for his beloved who is dying and dies. And Sam Wells was asking us about our mission. He was asking if we're all fixers and we're so involved in the fixing that we're not with. We're so involved in the planning. We're so involved in the cerebral. We're so involved in the programming. We're actually three days away while the person that needs us just needs us to be with them because in many scenarios that we are in our world, there won't be a fix. There won't be a fix. Yes, sometimes, thankfully, there are. But many times there's not a fix this side of eternity. And so he challenged us with that. And I couldn't help but remember a a story my friend Sam Hill used to tell me about a young soldier who found his way back into the trenches uh, after a battle. It might have been the Somme, I don't know. And he came back into the trenches and he said to the person above him, his commanding officer, I need to get back because my friend's dying. And his commanding officer commanded that he shouldn't go because it was dangerous to go out there and it would be useless and his friend would die and he might die. And it was just, and he went against his commanding officer and set off across the battlefield and found his friend. And he was with his friend for not very long before his friend did die. And he scrambled his way back into the trench and his commanding officer in reprimanding him said, I told you it was a waste of time. I told you you wouldn't be able to bring him back. I told you and you put your life in danger for nothing. And he looked at the commanding officer and he said, no, 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 it wasn't wasting my time. Because when I got to him, he said, I knew you would come. I knew you would come. He didn't fix it. He didn't fix it. He was just with him. He was just with him. Just turning up, I keep telling you about on Elaku. Just turning up. Presence, Michael mentioned earlier. God with us, Emmanuel. The stable, the manger, Advent. God with us, Emmanuel. And on the cross, Samuel says, Jesus, when he's asked all these things, oh, come on, you could go to heaven right now almost. It's a paraphrase, I know. But you save yourself. You don't need to hang on a cross. If you're the Messiah, imagine a Messiah hanging on a cross. Samuel said that Jesus stayed with us for as long as he could. Even in the agony of a cross, he was staying with us in mission. In mission. Baby and toddler just being with people who come into our country or just being with people who need somewhere to take their child or to go and have company or have presence. Youth work, Mornington, a broken world on Lower Ormo, Zanini Bintwana going into those kids that have been cast out by their families, have been left as orphans, being with, with presence, the 4S Club, all the things that we have talked about and prayed for this morning. Are we called to be with? To be with. 10 The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Eli Haddad was one of the speakers. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing it at all right, but his nephew's over here this morning, and he might tell me afterwards, and you're very welcome, the two of you. Um, he started speaking, and he's a, a theological principal in Arab Theological Seminary in, in Beirut. And he started speaking, and he said, My favorite verse in the Bible is, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. And I'm going, He's my man. 
But then he unpacked it a little bit and he took us, he took us back a verse. He took us back a verse and he said, do you know, we're called into God's fold. Verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in. Wait for this. This is what Eli was bringing out. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And what he was saying to us and challenging us this week was, mission is not about coming in. Fullness of life 1010 is not about being in here. Where we're going to find the pasture is out there, making disciples of all nations. That's what we're made for. Discipleship is so that we would follow Jesus into mission. And it's going to be in the dangerous places, out there. Out there where the city gambles, out where no one believes, out there, among the thieves. That's where the pasture is. That's where God is going to teach us and form us and help us to understand what faith is and what truth is. Yesterday, Eli was in um, Belfast for the weekend and we went down to Avoca and had lunch. And he said to me, uh, he said, Steve, I tell them in, uh, in Lebanon that we need to get Coca-Cola. We need to be a Coca-Cola church. And I mean, I have been in the townships where Coca-Cola has sponsored a few churches in South Africa, but Coca-Cola church? Well, I kind of like the idea of Coca-Cola diet Coca-Cola church. But what did he mean by that? He said, well, we, at Coca-Cola, he said, they didn't set up a factory and put a Coca-Cola sign on the top and say between 11 and 12 on a Sunday morning, you can come in and get some Coca-Cola. We would not know who Coca-Cola was if they'd done that. And yet what we do is we build a building and we put a cross on the top of it and we say between 11 and 12 on a Sunday morning, come in and find out where the salvation of the world is. He said, we've got to go, Steve. We've got to go into every corner of the world. And if you're like me and you've traveled every corner of the world, you can be sure that in every corner of the world you can find a Coca-Cola. Those are the places I prefer to the Pepsi, but they've saved me on many occasions across our world. Come in and go out to find pasture. God with, God with the presence. 1010. That we can have life in all its fullness. That we can take life in its fullness to others. By being with. By being with where they are. As Jesus was on that moment where the world changed. Where a lever was thrown in the universe and nothing would ever be the same again. The Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Two days later, raised to life to bring us resurrection life. To send us to be who he was. God flesh on to those who needed his presence. I'm going to close by praying the prayer on the back of our booklet. And I want to thank Michael for putting it there. It's how I closed my two poetry sessions um, in Reading and Birmingham. I wrote it um, for a communion here, but finished it at Taylor University when Father Martin and I were speaking there in April. And what was interesting to me about it when I read it after Sam Wells was that with, with is in every line of it. With is in every line of it. So I want to pray it for us before we go into our last hymn as we go to be 1010.
seeking to find out where God wants us to go to be with. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Go into a world that is divided with forgiveness. Go into a world that is broken with healing. Go into a world that is hungry with food. Go into a world that is lonely with presence. Go into a world that is hurting with enmity, with empathy. Go into a world that is overachieving with grace. Go into a world that is alienated with love. Go into a world that is at war with peace. Go into a world that is lost with salvation. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.